Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. I'm Hilary Robertson and this time I'm joined by banjo virtuoso John Bullard. What you're listening to now is number two Presto in A minor. And this is from his new album, 24 Preludes for Solo Banjo. I'm really looking forward to my conversation with John and finding out more about what he does with the banjo. I hope you enjoy listening to the conversation too. Hello, John. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Whereabouts <laughs> in, the, in uh, the US are you? I'm in central Virginia. Okay. I so couldn't the, point that out on a map. So. <laughs> on the East Coast, basically. Okay. Yeah. You, you've got a very East Coast accent, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. In a, in a good way. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Explain to me how this album came about. Did you commission the Preludes? Yes, I commissioned them. I had been advised for many years by a teacher of mine from music school, John Patakula, who I started studying classical guitar with, um, but I had been playing banjo since I was, you know, uh, 12 or 13 years old. And um, eventually I ended up getting into this classical banjo thing and I, I ditched the guitar and started taking my banjo to my lessons with John. But John had always told me that I would eventually need to commission new works for the banjo and not rely only on transcriptions of of older works um and of course he referenced segovia having done that and so so he was always urging me to commission works and um i had commissioned a couple of things you know earlier that didn't really work out musically or weren't uh maybe totally playable (laughs) on the instrument but um, so I was kind of back to the drawing board and Adam and I had crossed paths in at music school at Virginia Commonwealth University, which is in Richmond. And so John suggested uh, that I contact Adam. So I did. And um, we ended up Adam pretty quickly came to the idea of doing a cycle of 24 preludes. And I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, and they work really well. It is a it is a cycle. It's very clearly a collection of preludes that, that, that all work together. Yeah, and you know we're following um, a pattern. We we of course we start in C major, which you know Bach started in C major with a well tempered clavier. So we decided to start in C major, and we you know we played the C major prelude, and then we went to its relative minor and then we went up a whole step and we repeated that pattern through these 12 and then for for volume two we're actually gonna change the pattern a bit so that we start with the relative minor and then play its relative major and kind of go a little bit that way and that ends up where the last prelude will be in g major which is the sort of the home key for the banjo that's interesting yeah, so we so yeah. we have that mapped out. So that's the logic behind the uh, the the pattern of the preludes. Right. Okay. And uh, wh- so when when were they written? When did this all start? Well, uh, it was about 2018 that we got started, and Adam really actually 
you know, came up with a lot of these first 12 preludes fairly quickly. He, he had sort of a, a real fruitful time composing. And so I was getting preludes left and right. And um, then um, we actually, we recorded an EP of just the first six preludes back in, I think it was 2019. Um, and then I sort of, based on that, decided to change my strategy for actually recording and engineering the preludes. And so I went back and re-recorded the first six and the next six to, to make up volume one. I recorded these in a, in an old church near my home um, so that we could use not only a couple of close mics on the instrument, but a room mic to capture some natural room reverberation, which for a solo uh, recording, I think that's kind of important. Yeah. There is definitely a resonance about the recording, which is lovely. Yeah. And that's that, that's this antebellum church. Yeah. with nice wooden floors and a tall ceiling. and Yeah. Wow. That must've been great. Yeah. Um, can you talk to me? So this is obviously volume one right. and then we're, we're expecting volume two and you're going to record them in a, in a different order, which is quite interesting. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so you end up back to where you, I understand the the cycle. Yeah. yeah. C major, you know, C major is sort of the, home key for all music and the piano's home key with no sharps or flats. Um, But for the banjo, particularly the way I learned to play, which was in the bluegrass realm um, and the playing of Earl Scruggs and and that kind of thing, the the banjo is actually tuned to a G chord. Um, The notes are D, G, B, and D. So it's, it's really an open G chord. And so the, the, you know, the easiest playing for the banjo, its home key is G major. Um, so, so we wanted, we thought it would be interesting to end up in, in G major. And so yeah. it's kind of interesting to start in C major since it's the musical home key and then end up in G major, which is the banjo home key. Yeah, that's, I think that's a great concept. Yeah. I love that. And the way that the two albums will then sit together. Right, right. Yeah, very good. Um, where did the album artwork come from? That came, I found an artist. Um, I think I got her name from, from a friend, um, Kimberly Glider. And I just reached out to her and asked her about, you know, I had seen her artwork on online and really liked it and reached out to her and she was agreeable and we worked together and I thought she did a really great job with the album cover it's i wanted it to be interesting but also not too serious yeah i don't think the banjo should take itself too seriously (laughs) uh so and i I think the album cover really captures that spirit it does it does and it's a it's a very kind of as you say bluegrass banjo it's not a modern what we think of as a modern shape banjo right well it's it's um, it's yes, yeah, the it's the type of banjo that's used in in bluegrass and and that kind of yeah. thing. The other yeah. type of banjo you might run into would be what's co- called a, a tenor banjo or a four string banjo. My banjo, the bluegrass style banjo, has five strings and it has that short fifth string, which is like a drone string on it. And then tenor or plectrum banjos only have four strings; they don't have that drone 
string. And those are tended to be played with a flat pick or a plectrum. Right. As opposed to okay. picked with the fingers. Yeah. Very good. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your background? How, you yeah. know, musically and, you know, everything else really. Well, my, my dad was a guitar player, not professional. He just, you know, would sit down occasionally and play, sing some songs and play the guitar. So there's a, there was always a guitar around kind of leaning in the corner. And um, I guess I was probably messing around with the guitar some. And, but then in, when I was about 12 or 13, um, I heard dueling banjos on the radio and about the same time, I also heard Earl Scruggs playing, you know, the ballad of Jed Clampett on the TV show. And also he was, you know, the band, his playing was featured in the theme to Bonnie and Clyde, that movie, which was actually his, his tune, Foggy Mountain Breakdown. So those things kind of happened at the same time for me. And I just, you know, decided I had to absolutely had to learn how to do that. And so I, my parents found a banjo teacher and I, started taking banjo lessons and my teacher, which now I look back and realize how fortunate I was. He took me just directly into the Earl Scruggs instruction book and which is kind of the ground zero for, for bluegrass related playing. And um, so I learned, you know, the Earl Scruggs tunes and then, you know, played um, quite a bit of bluegrass and that kind of thing. And when I was, I ended up in music school and was kind of, trying to find myself, if you will, musically. And um, one of my teachers found out that I played the banjo and asked me to bring the banjo into class for a show and tell. And so at the end of class, I played a couple of bluegrass tunes and I was putting the banjo away and the teacher came up and kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, have you ever thought about playing any Renaissance or Baroque music on the banjo? Because to me, it sounds so much like a lute or a harpsichord. Yeah. And so that was that's what got me going on this whole classical banjo idea. Yeah. And it is fascinating because it's, it, it sounds right when it's playing classical, yeah. you know, th those sort of things, but also this modern is this modern music is, is very modern, but it's also got, uh, it harks back, doesn't it? To that. It does. That you, you, you can't escape with a banjo. You cannot escape that raw pluck sound that to me always always uh brings up images of baroque and renaissance music which is that lutes and harpsichords and viols and that kind of thing it's that, that kind of earthy pluck sound and um so yeah even though i'm we're playing this new music and it's it's some of it's very modern sounding it still has that earthy pluck to it which kind yeah. of gives it gives it a grounding i think yeah, I'm just thinking, I wonder if that's where, when we talk about people being plucky, I wonder if that's where it comes from, that kind of, you know, there's, yeah. there's something um, down to earth, but sort of positive about it. Maybe it is. Yeah, who knows? I, I, I just have to look that up. <laughs> yeah. So, John, can I ask you how your lockdown was? Well, it, you know, well, one thing that came out is I actually got uh, all, most all this recording done during during the pandemic so that was that was uh, a good thing that came out of it and you know I <clears throat> I played a fair amount as far as performances during the pandemic but um, you know mostly they were a lot of pre-recorded 
concerts where I just in my house recorded it, or there were several times where I played to an empty concert hall and they recorded it or streamed it. A lot of really bizarre things like that. Like <laughs> yeah. to me, that was very odd and to play to an empty room or to record yourself and pretend that you're talking to a group of people or something. It's, it's very weird. Um, so I'm glad that that's coming to a, a close and it's been great to get back out in front of live audiences. It's just, you can't beat that, you know, for, no. for listening and experiencing and for playing for both sides of the relationship. It's, it's just an essential part. Yes. I, I started this podcast when I was uh, sort of in lockdown and not able to go to gigs and I, my last gig was on the 9th, I think, of March 2020. Right. And the idea that I wouldn't be going to another gig, you know, was just seemed alien to me. Yeah. And so, so I started having these conversations with musicians and, and so many people were saying, oh, yes, I'm doing live things. And, you know, either, as you say, either pre-records or in, in with then started being able to go back into a venue without any people or with just a few people. Yeah. And we, we've always, I think the thing about musicians is we make the best out of whatever situation we're in. Yes. But we're all happy that we're getting back as audiences yeah. and as musicians. I agree. It's a sort of our natural habitat, you know, is to yeah. be among people. Um, <laughs> and um, I think, you know, musicians were the music industry and musicians in particular were just really slammed by the pandemic because, you know, the it it relies on groups of people getting together as performers, as audiences and performers with audiences. And so it was very traumatic and very scary, I think, for people to have that uh, that thought kind of run across their brain that, whoa, what if we can't ever do this again? You know, it was yeah. a very scary thought. So I think in in some ways, maybe it was a good reminder to uh, really appreciate this this art form that we have. Yes. And I think that's worked again, but for both musicians and for audiences that I think it's given us all a new appreciation of what we've got and, and yes. to not not waste it. And, and certainly here in the UK, people are talking about gigs, whether that's classical or rock or jazz being sold out you know and and as busy as they ever were because everyone's kind of desperate to get back to it yeah. it's great yeah there's a lot of pent-up energy to go hear some music. absolutely yeah. yeah definitely so what does the future hold what what have you got coming up well of course i'm i'm working on volume two yeah and i hope to get that recorded uh in probably early 2023 and and out you know so that we can follow this volume up um, so I'm working on that. And I also, I have a couple of other commissions in the works as well. One for banjo and piano, which is a, it's a three movement piece that's about 17 minutes long. So it's, it's a pretty major kind of work. Um, that piece is composed by Joshua Stamper um, from the Philadelphia area. And then um, I've got another commission in the works um, from a composer named Steve Snowden who is up in Boston and that, that piece is being written for banjo, piano, and cello. So, um, you know, a lot of new music to work on, um, which is kind of scary because, you know, it takes a lot of work to, 
to kind of go through a piece and make sure it's playable and work out the bugs and stuff. Um, but I'm excited about, about all those pieces. And then, you know, my real passion, I think that I'm, I'm always working on in the background is more Bach. I just, I love Bach and I've got plans for an all Bach recording as well. Um, there's just so much really great stuff that, that, that does work on the banjo. And, um, I, I want to, I've recorded quite a bit of Bach on my other albums, but I really would like to do an all Bach and album to, to really s- sort of place the banjo in that light of like, um, what if, what if the banjo existed in box day and someone just sat down and did a, an all Bach program. Brilliant. Sounds yeah. wonderful. Look forward to that. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it, John. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Great stuff. Okay. So I, I hope, to, send... hope to see you when volume two comes around. Definitely. Let's make a date to do that. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation with banjo player John Bullard. What you're listening to now is prelude number 12, The Waltz, and this is in G minor. That conversation about the sequence in which the preludes appear is very interesting and I look forward to listening to volume 2 when that comes out. So thank you once again to John for his conversation and I've got lots of people lined up, either interviews that I've done since recording this one or dates in the diary. Please do share Harmonious World. It'd be nice to have more listeners, although my listenership is growing all the time, which is great. Uh, You may have noticed that there was a sneaky June extra, which I just put in because I happen to be in Paris and I enjoyed recording it there will be a July one I'm thinking of introducing a Patreon site which would give you access to some extra bits please do like and review Harmonious World wherever you're listening and meanwhile I hope you have a very very good week
Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week and please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World. <laughs>